I went back just not in it. I was almost too scared to really throw myself into work. I felt like if I do that, it will take me away from being a parent, take me away from being the best mum I could be to Isla. I couldn't see at the time that I could do both. Whereas this time, I need to just throw myself back into it with the reassurance of, well, if it doesn't feel right, I can change it. Feeling shaky after maternity or another long leave from work? Comeback Coach is the Wobbly Bottom podcast about kick-ass comebacks with coaching psychologist Jessica Chivers. She's exactly what you need when you're riding the return to work roller coaster. In this coach episode, you're going to eavesdrop on a one-time coaching conversation. Jessica also hosts shorter comeback episodes where we hear the wobbly moments and success stories from someone who's made a comeback. I've had the absolute pleasure over the last 16 years of working with hundreds of talented, dynamic, ambitious women who have so much they want to do and have felt frustrated by the inability to do it all in the time frame they want, especially if they have young children. So much they want to give, create, achieve. And my conversation today is with Fiona, a chemistry teacher who fits that mould. She's just had her second daughter, Luna, who's four months old. And after her first daughter, Isla, she made what she describes as a downward step to the school and the role she's now in. And that was deliberate. It was to allow her to have the time with Isla that she craved. Now, Fiona is currently on maternity leave with Luna and grappling with how she can reconcile her desire for professional stretch, challenge, growth and achievement with the knowledge that she also wants to be very present in her daughter's lives. We spend about 40 minutes together and a way forward emerges that Fiona seems to be energised by. We've also got Luna with us in the coaching session, so you'll hear a few lovely baby snuffles in the background. But before we dive in, a wholehearted thank you to the law firm Raiden Solicitors, who are our season one sponsors of Comeback Coach. They're an award-winning family law firm with offices in London, Buckinghamshire and Hertfordshire. They place huge importance on recruiting the very best solicitors to their team. They also recognise that professionals can have a varied career path and have recently welcomed two solicitors into the firm who'd been away on career breaks. They're also in the Times 2020 Top 200 Law Firms. I'm so delighted to have Raiden Solicitors with us and you can find them online at raidensolicitors.co.uk. Now, as you're listening, if you've got a question or want to tell me about your return to work, please tweet me at comebackcomuk. It's in the show notes because I really do love chatting with you. So here we are. Welcome to the conversation with Fiona and Luna. Fiona, it is lovely to be with you with your lovely daughter who is snuffling away in the background. How old is she? She is four months now. Four months. My goodness, I remember. So tell me, what's on your mind? I thought about going back to work. This Luna is my second daughter. And I feel like when I went back to work after Isla, I sort of moderated what I wanted from my career to also incorporate the hat of mum so that I was around for her a little bit more. I actually was 
a head of chemistry in a local state school, loving it and was really hoping to progress with my career and become head of science. And I kind of knew that that might be in the pipeline at some point. But I actually took a step away from work and joined a new school, which was more local and enabled me more time with her. And whilst that's been fantastic and I I really do love working there, I feel like when I go back to work this time, I'm not sure I really want to make that sacrifice, which it's a personal sacrifice in order to also be a mother. And I think I battle with that quite a lot of where do I sit? in being good at what I do at work and having enough energy for that but also having enough energy for the girls and enough time for them as well and I don't want to look back on my life and have regrets if that makes sense I don't want to have regretted missing time with them but also maybe not pushing my career to the place I wanted it to be. Mm. Tell me about what's the ideal scenario you know if I was able to give you exactly what you want tell me about that I think to feel fulfilled in what I'm doing and challenged in what I'm doing at work but not stressed (laughs) and be able to leave at a reasonable time to be around for the girls be around to do things like school drop-offs and go and see sport matches after school if that's what they choose to do it's about finding that balance which I'm not sure what I need to be doing in order to have that balance, if that makes sense. I can't look into the future and say, yes, I need to be working at this place doing exactly this job in order to have that balance. I think that's what's really hard is I don't know how I'm going to get that balance. And I always feel like because I'm somebody that throws myself into things, is really passionate about what I do, and I go above and beyond in most things, it tends to take away from other things. And what I didn't want it to do when I went back after work the first time with Isla was I didn't want it to be taking away from having that time memories with her. So what I've heard you say is that you want to be fulfilled, challenged, but you don't want to be stressed and you want to leave at a reasonable time to be able to get to the girls, particularly when they're older, to be able to say go to after school matches and or just whilst they're still very young, be with them. And you use the word balance. So if we were to think about the ideal amount of time that you put onto a work focus, tell me about those hours and is it the same every day of the week or is it some days a week you'd want to be able to be with them? I'd want to be or do you mean the ideal scenario? I mean the ideal scenario. So if we could make this future perfect scenario for you, forget about what you think is possible and what you are going to experience if you go back to the school that you're currently at. Just tell me about what would you ideally like, you know, and if it's, well, I want to get up and work at six o'clock in the morning till two o'clock in the afternoon every day, whatever it might be, tell me what you would ideally like, the time that you would like to be giving to work. I think in an ideal scenario, I'd like to be able to get up and be around in the mornings to do breakfast and take the girls to school. I think that that is really important to have consistency for children and have mum dropping off at the school gates with the ability to talk to the teachers should they need to about anything, especially in those early years when they're still so young. And I think I'd also like to be around after school to pick her up and hear about her day and help her with her homework. 
So if we're sort of projecting to when they're both at school, I guess that would require me to be working five days a week, but after, you know, within school hours. So after drop off from about 9.30 till, let's say, three. And I would like that to be in a school setting where I still have the interaction with other members of staff and, you know, in, in an office space where you've got friends and sort of social community at work. I'd happily work in the evenings after they'd gone down to bed. So, yeah, I guess in terms of a sort of practical way I'd like my day to go, I could see that that would work really, really well. The problem comes into play in in that in my job as a teacher, the only really way I could do that is A, if the school were really flexible with hours, which not all schools would be, and B, if I was just a teacher. There's no way of me really progressing in my career to a position of responsibility as I would be required to attend after school meetings and have that leadership and presence. And I do want that. I want that challenge. And I did enjoy that in my previous role. So that's, I think, where lies the problem in, okay, so what do I do that allows me to have both of those things? You want the cake and you want to eat it. And why not? Because cakes are there for eating. (laughs) So a couple of questions. And I'm curious to know, is this about you being around for Isla and Luna? Or is this about a parent being around for Isla and Luna in the mornings and the afternoons? It could be either myself or my partner. I do want to be a part of that as much as I possibly can. But what I don't want is for it to be an outsider, you know, a nanny or even a grandparent because I want their journey through school and that support to come from us because I've seen all too often in my career where you've got pupils in school who don't have that consistency at home or you don't have that clear communication because you're not always talking directly to the parent it might be to some other caregiver that there's almost that Chinese whispers of things get dropped, that things get misconstrued in the in getting the message to you. And therefore, I think school and life for children has become a lot more complicated than it used to be. And I just want to be around to support them as much as I can. And if not me, then my husband, so that there's only two people. There's not too many people trying to be involved in that parenting. Mm. And can you see a possibility for your husband to become more involved so that it doesn't fall to you every day of the week? Yes. So he has wanted for quite some time to set up his own company, which he actually had the opportunity to get going on in lockdown because he was unemployed. So he took the time to do that. And I guess if he was working for himself, then there would be more flexibility in him saying, yeah, I can commit on certain days of the week to doing the drop off and the pickup. And he would need to be more flexible, I think, because if I was still working in school, my day would be more rigid in that every Wednesday that's when you have a meeting and and that tends to be how schools work you can't just change it because you feel like it 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 tends to be quite rigid and when those meetings are so that could happen but you, you can't predict the future and you can't guarantee that that will happen so therefore I feel like 
I can't always make choices in my career knowing that that is going to be a success for him and therefore he is going to be around. It's like this, you can't predict the future. So are you still going to go with your gut feeling of that that's what you want to be doing? Or are you going to moderate what you want to do just in case that doesn't happen for him and therefore he might not be around? Mm. Does that make sense? Yes, it does make sense. And you mentioned gut feel. So what is your gut feel about this situation? More and more, I've been feeling like I should just go with what I want to do and that everything else will just fall into place. And I think the last year has really taught me that even if that doesn't work out, that will adapt and adjust to a new scenario. Because let's face it, this year hasn't exactly been smooth riding and for everybody, has it? It's, you know, there's been lots of changes that have happened very quickly that we've had to adapt to. And I think as somebody that likes a routine and likes to know what I'm doing and when I'm doing it, that's been quite challenging, but it's taught me that I can adapt and that maybe this idea of or ideology of how life will be when the girls are at school and a little bit older may not be the same the whole time and may change. So when you said more and more, I'm thinking I should just go with what I want. What is that then? Is that you talking about the focus on your career and getting that stretch, that challenge, that leadership, that presence? Yeah, I think I need to give myself that time and space because I'm not somebody that is going to be happy just being at home and not working. I need that challenge. I need that mental stimulation. I need the sort of satisfaction I get from seeing my students do well and enjoy lessons. I need to throw myself into it this time. Whereas last time I went back, I went back just not in it. I was almost too scared to really throw myself into work because I felt like if I do that, it will take me away from being a parent, take me away from being the best mum I could be to Isla. I couldn't see at the time that I could do both. Whereas this time I feel like I need to just throw myself back into it with the reassurance of, well, if it doesn't feel right, I can change it. I can change my hours, I can change what I'm doing to suit the mum and the the lifestyle I want to lead as a mother to the girls as well as my career. But I feel like if I don't throw myself into it, then it's just never going to happen. I totally hear you. So tell me about what totally throwing yourself into your career might look, sound, taste, smell, feel like. It's always been a dream of mine to work abroad as a teacher in a international school, climb the ladder there, head of science, assistant head roles. And I think that that's definitely something I should explore and go for when I see the right role come up, because there's never going to be a right time to move your family abroad and do that. And in the meantime, consider how many hours or days do I want to actually go back next time. It worked quite well going back four days a week, because I had that one day with Isla and it gave me a bit of a respite from work in the week and I felt like I'd had some quality time with her but it does always feel so rushed the morning drop-off taking her to school taking her to doing the nursery drop-offs and then rushing in and feeling like at the end of the day you've got to quickly wrap up all your jobs to go pick up and then leave them on pause until the evening when they're down asleep so I'm not quite sure how it's going to go I can't really foresee exactly but I think I definitely need to explore the opportunity for working abroad and go for it. Apply for those jobs if they come up and if they look right. And so where would it be useful for us to take our conversation now? Because 
I'm wondering whether we focus on making your return to your current school and what throwing yourself into that might look like and how you combine that with your wish to be with the girls or is it useful for us to explore the dream of working abroad in an international school tell me what would feel useful well, I think right now. I really last time when I went back to work I very quickly felt that not only the commute and the time and dedication they needed from me as a head of subject I didn't feel I could throw myself into that at the time because I wanted to be able to leave straight away that's what I wanted I wanted to leave straight away and go pick up Isla and have that time with her to me that was really important and she was only going to be so little for so long and I really did find a very good balance with my current employer I love the school and I love having the holidays off with the girls and the day in the week and it really did work well and I found that balance within my career and as mum. However, this is the issue, it's not having that stretch and challenge at work. And the thing is within teaching, it's a really fast paced day to day of your job. You're in, you're out. I teach really quite bright students and so you you are challenging yourself in order to challenge them and make sure that they're stimulated enjoying lessons that brings you some challenge but it's not really meeting my personal desires of what I want to get out of a career in the long run in terms of mentoring and supporting other teachers and that dream that I've always had of working abroad so I have found that balance before so I think it probably would be good to explore and talk about how I go about moving our whole family to a different country to work because <laughs> I'm not sure how I could do that I it's a dream but whenever I think about it it's more of a dream as opposed to how am I going to constructively make that our reality so what are the constraints that would stop you from doing it right now if the job came up that you wanted my husband okay what needs to change <laughs> there then He does say, just go for it. In the past, when I found a position, he's gone, just go for it, just apply. But I've always felt like it would be restricting him and his professional development and what he wants to do in his career, because he can't speak French, for example, if we went to France. My degree, I lived in France for a year and I can speak French. My mother lives over there. It would be a very natural sort of place for me to live and go and work. But for him, he would be more out of place and maybe wouldn't be able to adapt as quickly. He certainly wouldn't be able to work in a French-speaking role. But for me, I've always thought that it would be an opportunity for him, if I was being paid enough, for him to have the time to set up his company that he wouldn't otherwise have if he was working full-time over here. So there's positives that can come from it in that respect. But... I think I touched on it just a minute ago and that I would have to be being paid enough to make the difference of what we'd lose from his salary in order to make it actually financially viable. So there's a few constraints, really. It's what is he going to do in terms of work or is he just going to have that time to explore and develop his business if it's even possible to do that abroad as opposed to being in the UK if he wants a UK business? And Brexit may make things a bit more tricky in that respect. And also then the financial difficulty of will we be able to live on my teacher's salary, whatever that may be, because you do tend to get paid a little bit better as a teacher in an international school. But would it be enough to support the family if he wasn't earning? 
it sounds to me, my original question was about, you know, what are the constraints? And you said your husband, then you very quickly followed it up with, but he says, just go for it. So it sounds as though you've got genuine blessing there and we're a team and let's go for it. And you said that there's an opportunity for him to set up the business that he hasn't found the ability to do with things as they are. And you've talked about I'd have to be paid enough. And I imagine it's fairly straightforward to discover what those salaries are and for you to do some financial calculations around how long you could afford to live without him turning a profit in the business. That's all paper stuff that you could do relatively quickly, I imagine. Yeah, yeah, I think so. It has to be the right position, doesn't it? I think it's just taking that time to keep exploring and keep looking at what jobs are coming up in French because I would I would really love it to be in a French speaking town it doesn't even have to be France it could be in Geneva for example or Switzerland French speaking Swiss it's not difficult I think difficult is the wrong word I think that makes it sound like it's but it still is a hurdle it's a lot when you've got children it makes things that much trickier because you're not just thinking about yourself. You can't just be completely selfish. I can't just say, oh my gosh, this job looks fantastic. It doesn't matter how much it pays. So I'm just going to go and do it because I, I, that's what I want to do. I have to make sure that whatever I go and do also has all these other kind of tick lists that it ticks off in order to support the family and make sure that the girls are getting what they need from it and that it's not inhibiting Gareth and my husband in what he wants from his life. I think that's why I find it so hard because I'm always second guessing myself of, would it be okay for him? Would it be okay for them? Could we make it work? Well, you know, listening to you, it sounds as though you've got a real opportunity here because you've got a supportive partner who's saying, I'm in this. I'll come and do this. This is great. Yeah, go for it. And it sounds as though there's some information that you need to have in order to make a decision. So even before you're going and looking at roles and contemplating them, it sounds as though you need to know what kind of salary you would need to have, whether it's in France, rural France, a city in France, or whether it's in Switzerland. And again, are there cheaper or more expensive areas? So you've got to know what you would need to earn in order to survive as a family if Gareth weren't earning. And it sounds as though you need to have that checklist in place. So you, and I don't know what might be on that, but you've obviously got some things that you need to know the girls would have access to or be able to do. So there's some constraints. So that when you start looking at roles and talking to schools and talking to anybody else who might be an intermediary or helping you in this journey, you can say, a bit like if you were going on holiday, here's my criteria. It's got to be a minimum of a two-bedroom apartment. It's got to be close to the sea. It's got to have a pool. It needs to be south-facing. And it sounds as though you need to do a little bit of working out of what it is that you would actually want. And then you can start looking at roles and assessing them and quickly ruling them out or quickly ruling them in. Yeah, I think I have done that. The role needs to pay enough that we could live off based upon whatever our expenses would be. And therefore, I'd need to know how the school would support us in living expenses, because there are some roles. I mean, there's some crazy roles in places like Dubai, where they pay you a very, very good teaching salary and your accommodation. You're very supported in living over there. However, obviously, moving to Dubai is less desirable for a family than potentially 
moving to Switzerland. And therefore, I'm not actually sure because some of the roles I have seen that have popped up, you know, over the past few years in more local European international schools they don't always disclose the package so I think that's what what I'd need to explore from when a suitable role came up what is the package here what am I going to get paid is there support in subsidized childcare or subsidized schooling for Isla is there support in paying for accommodation you can look at your your figures on a spreadsheet and know whether you can make it work financially it's just exploring that and finding the time to do that and I think That is one thing that I know I've spoken to many friends who have children. It's finding the time to do those things. Totally. And I think in my experience of coaching people who are trying to continue to work, but also explore doing something else. So whether it's starting their own business, finding another role, starting something on the side is the people who've been successful are disciplined in setting aside an amount of time every week and when that time happens might move around the week but they have a frequent regular period of time or periods of time in a given week that they give to the project whatever that project might be and they're disciplined about keeping to that because they know the only way that they're going to be able to realize the dream or whatever it might be is if they are going to put the time into doing the exploration the planning the execution and I wonder how much time you've got left of mat leave and of course it's really tricky for you at the moment Fiona because you've got a four-month-old baby and there'll be days when you're better slept than others and so it's about finding a portion of time that you know you can definitely get and whether that's with a bit of childcare or an agreement with husband that you have some time at the weekend. But what are your thoughts on on how you could get some time and how much time would you need? I mean, I think that that is where I struggle because I I want to do so much. I want to get back in the gym, for example. I want to also explore getting back to tutoring again. I think I mentioned to you in some of the notes I sent over prior to this conversation that that's always been something that I've also dreamt of doing, which is setting up a tutoring company and supporting students in preparation for their exams I think that's my problem there's I almost want to do too much and when you have such a young family with a three-year-old who needs a lot of our time still and clearly a four-month-old who I'm breastfeeding who is very much attached to me the majority of the day it is breaking away to take that time for yourself And I know what I need to do. I need to prioritize. I need to think, okay, well, what is most important to me right now? But then the problem there is that there's a lot that's important to me. And I just don't have the time for all of it. And you're a smart woman, you're an ambitious woman, and you obviously had a fantastically satisfying career before the girls came along, and you've still got that desire to stretch yourself, to give to the students you work with. And I know that's really tricky. I know from personal experience, you know, I've got another book that I want to write, but I'm ploughing my time into something else at the moment. So it eats away at me. I'm thinking you've not made any progress on that, but I have to recognise that, you know, I have two children, I have a business, there are things that are happening in the business that are, you know, require my time, because it's not business as usual, we're pivoting, we're doing things. So I do, on a personal level, understand exactly where you're at. And I wouldn't beat yourself up over it, because 
at the moment, it's almost like you are... Do you remember those kaleidoscopes when you were little that you would, you know, you look down that tunnel and you could shake all the beads up? I don't know whether... I'm a bit older than you. But it's almost like... Or like a snow globe. It's like you've kind of chucked it up in the air and you're kind of waiting for things to settle and you're... You know, this is a time of exploration for you and experimentation. And it might take a while for you to get really clear on, okay, this is what I want. Although I want all these other things, this is the first thing. And... One of the things I often talk about with coaches is imagining your life as a book. And a book is made up of lots of different chapters. And you sort of knowing, well, these are the chapters in my book that I would like to have, you know, by the time I'm, say, 40, 50. And seeing that you don't have to do everything at at once, you know, just writing one chapter at a time. So maybe it's your international chapter that's coming next. And maybe from that you'll build out and it becomes about tutoring and coming back to the UK and starting a business or staying wherever you are. You know, it's sort of picking one thing and executing that. And I know that's tricky. What's your gut feel on what you really want to plough your time into over the next couple of years professionally? It would make sense whilst the girls are so young to explore that international chapter as you describe it and see where that takes us for me there is still that dream of a future chapter in the book for having my own business tutoring and supporting students in schools that need help in preparation for exams I definitely need to just go with it like you say I I am fortunate that I have a husband that has just said just go for it and will adapt to that lifestyle but will also speak up if he doesn't feel it's working and I need to trust him in saying that and not feel like I'm always going back to sort of check with him to seek that reassurance of are you sure it's okay for me to do this or apply for this role are you sure you'd be okay in in us living wherever it may be it's almost that inner voice inside me that's got a little bit of doubt as to whether or not we can make it work that projects it onto him and says to him, are you sure it's going to be okay for you? When actually it's probably, he's pretty self-assured. He's more self-assured than I am. And he would say, if it wasn't, if he thought it wouldn't work, he would just cut it and say, no, I don't think it's the right time for you to apply for this. It's me. It's that doubt in my mind of whether or not we can make it work that then projects it onto him. Mm. Um, so I think I need to go with it I've wanted to do it for so long and like you say as long as I've got that tick list in my head of the things that would make it work and those requirements are met then I think I should go with it but knowing it is only a chapter in my life it might be a long chapter or it may not be if it doesn't work there's no reason why you can't cut it short and come back to the UK or wherever, you know, it may be that we go with the reassurance that I do have a profession that I can adapt to and, and use in most places. And luckily, I teach a subject that is in high demand. So it wouldn't be difficult to get a job on my return back to the UK. It's just having that time, isn't it, to say to myself, it will be okay. Just go with how you're feeling right now. And as long as the requirements are met that you've had on your checklist, you'll be fine. And if you've given it some time and it's not really working out, then you can change it. I think sometimes there's this inner voice within me that make. if I was to do that and the chapter was to be really short, it's almost feeling like a failure that I hadn't done what I'd set out to do. 
Oh, do you know, you know, listening to you, it is so beautiful, Fiona, because you've just done this wonderful sell job on why it's right to go. And I feel excited for you. And books are made up of different size chapters. And when I hear you say I would have failed, I think, how has she failed when she's just written this really interesting chapter? And it doesn't matter how long it is. Yeah, that's true. That's quite a beautiful way of seeing it, actually. If I remind myself to see it that way, it seems quite exciting. And what I really want as well, and I said this to my husband, is that I want the girls to be resilient and adaptable to different ways of living, especially I am quite a rigid person, even though it may not sound like it in some of my dreams and things that I want to do. I do like routine. I like to know what I'm doing and when I'm doing it. And when somebody throws that off or changes that, I find it quite difficult. For me, inherently, to have these desires, it's really pushing myself to the limits of my character, whereby if I go, let's say I see a job in France and we're going to go and live over there, that is going to be very different. I don't know what it's going to be like. I'm going to have to adapt and create a new routine. And so I'm stretching myself to those limits of my personality that I find quite challenging. And that's one of the reasons I really do want to do it because I don't want the girls to just live in St Albans, going to the local primary school, then the local state school with that sort of predetermined route that I felt I had to make of school, university, get married, have children. I want them to think that they can just do whatever they want, whenever they want, as long as they're happy and be more resilient and adaptable to different ways of living and I think especially with the current pandemic and life that we've had to lead this past year being adaptable to different situations is such a essential skill that we need to teach and explore with students at schools. Mm. I think you're so clear on what you want for the girls and how you can achieve those desires for your girls as well as achieving what you desire for yourself and you've got a hugely supportive partner. So I'm wondering now then as we come to a close what is sticking in your mind from your thinking today and are there any actions that are going to come out of this conversation? Well first of all I'm definitely going to see my life a little bit more like chapters and not as this big mess of all these things I want to do and I'm not quite sure which one to pick yet which makes me often feel anxious like oh god I want to do all these things I'm never going to get to do them and remind myself that they are chapters in my life that will come and that inner sort of anxiety of worrying that it you know the failure and that it won't work out to then also go back to what you've said which has been very helpful in that it could be a short chapter or a long chapter and even if it's a very short chapter it doesn't mean it's a failure I need to take that with me in whatever I do or choose to do next and use that as a teaching tool for Isla who is old enough to absorb it Luna's too young all she cares about is when's her next feed but Isla can take that and learn that if she chooses to do something but then decides it's not it wasn't the right thing, but it's now not suitable and you want to do something else, that that isn't failing. That's just making a change and making a new chapter in your life. And I think that that's a beautiful way of seeing things 
and that I should take that with me and almost start my next chapter knowing that however long or short it may be, I'm not failing if it is a short one, if that makes sense. It makes perfect sense, Fiona. And it's been so beautiful to listen to your thinking today. So thank you for having this conversation with me. And I think there'll probably be many people who will listen and get a lot from hearing your thinking process. And I really would love it if you would loop back however many months or years down the line and let me know what's happened. Yeah, yeah, of course. That sounds like a good thing to do. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, Fiona. Thank you. I always have an informal chat with guests after we finish recording. And I'm always thinking, did she get what she needed? Was that useful to her? Fiona was so lovely and keen to say how helpful it was and to ask whether I was serious about hearing how she was going and whether the plan was to do follow-up episodes with people I've coached. Now, I think that's a fab idea, and I'd be keen to know from you whether you'd be interested to hear about what happens to guests. I said to Fiona that the first thing is to get the listenership right up so we can secure a sponsor for season two and keep it going. And she was so glowing about how she thought listening on in on people's challenges would be so helpful to people going back to work. So thank you, Fiona. Now, if you're preparing for any type of extended leave from work or you're away now or are still feeling you're not quite where you want to be in your career after coming back, head to comebackcommunity.co.uk and check out the Comeback Conversations page. This is where you'll find all the details of our free monthly online problem-solving sessions. They're generally Tuesday nights, 8pm GMT for 45 minutes, and it's where I and a guest will answer your questions on a given topic. Now, you can come in your PJs, you can join us while you're eating supper, or even take us into the bathroom while you're soaking in the tub. You don't need to show your face, you don't even need to log in with your real name if you don't want to. Just promise me you'll come and get the support you deserve to make a confident comeback. And as ever, thank you for listening. And if you felt moved by anything Fiona and I talked about, you can tweet me at ComebackComUK and that handle is in the show notes. And until next time, remember, you don't have to do everything at once. You've got a lifetime to write your story and some chapters will be shorter than others. And that's okay. Okay.